So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles now to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 14. I want to continue on this series, The Mind of the Believer. This will fall under that. And uh, I want to begin reading from verse 11. Amen. Acts chapter 14. Beginning at verse 11, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible, if you can stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Verse 11 says, and when the crowd saw that what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in the Laconian language, the gods have become like men and have come down to us. And they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermas, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gate and wanted to offer sacrifices, sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas, apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their robes and raised, rushed out into the crowd, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also, we are also men of the same, what? Nature as you. And preach the gospel to you. That you should turn from these vain things to a living God. Who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in it. In a generation, in generations gone by, he permitted all nations to go their own ways. And yet he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your heart with food and gladness. I know I'm reading long. Even saying these things with difficulty, they restrained the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. But, check it out, but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowd, they stoned Paul and dragged him out the city, supposing him to be dead. I want to talk about this morning, breaking the cycle of superstition, part two. Breaking the cycle of superstition, part two. Hey Amen. We live in the 21st century. Where every October 31st, Americans unknowingly return to their medieval roots. Halloween can be traced to, to the ancient Ireland. Where people believe that the spirits of the dead roamed on the earth on the last day of October. The ancient Celtic people would carve out tunips and put candles inside of them to ward off ghosts and demons. What do we do here in America? We carve pumpkins and we put lights in them not knowing what we're doing. Today our methods are more glamorous and expensive. America's, Americans will spend $8 billion on Halloween. 
2.5 billion alone on costumes. We also will spend 30 million on pet costumes and millions more on candy. Superstition gives us an illusion of control. Superstition boils down to that complex idea of input-output equation. If I do my devotions, I'll have a good day. If I have a rosary, if I have a cross hanging from my rearview mirror, if I have a Bible in my pocket, if I have a Bible in the in the rev in, in the back of my car, you know, in, in the in, you know, in the back of the car, <laughs> where the sun hit it and all of a sudden it's like falling apart. I won't have a car crash. Amen. Friday the thirteenth. Black cats. Horoscopes. Come on, help me somebody. Oh, and the favorite one, and it's it's different now, chain letters. Amen. You know, the ones you open and it says you'll have an amazing lucky week if you just send this to 200 people. I call that evangelism. The letter promises this. You'll have good luck. Amen. To those who compile, uh, those who you send it out to, but you'll have bad luck if you don't send it and if you don't believe in it. You see, all of these practices has been interwoven into our hearts, into our minds, into our culture. And, and as believers, I believe that we are very superstitious people. Facebook messages and Instagram messages and all these other things we post and we think that we're acting in good faith, but we're really acting superstitious. The law of attraction, energy, vibration, and crystals. Amen. So the question is today, are you a superstitious person? Do you take everything as a sign? I mean, everything. <laughs> the rainbow came out. The, the sun hit your window at the right angle and you're like, oh, it's going to be a good day. I got a good feeling about this relationship. Amen. Because she wore my right color. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. I, I, oh, he said the right thing. I mean, are we or do we look for signs like the world do? Have you relied more on dreams and charms to make decisions? I'm talking about important moves in your life. Amen. The human tendency towards superstition is strong. And we can learn, we can lean towards also spiritualizing objects. Spiritualizing behavior, spiritualizing beliefs, amen, without thinking about God. Knock on wood, amen. Throwing the salt over your shoulder. Y'all ain't trying to hear me, y'all ain't trying to hear me, amen. Don't look at no broken mirror, you're going to have seven years of bad luck. Don't walk under no ladder. Come on, somebody, come on, y'all, Amen. One of the things you have to be careful of, amen, is that you are not living a superstitious life. Today, I want to explore the depth, amen, of breaking this cycle of superstition. Paul 
is moving about now in his conversion as a, an evangelist, an apostle to the Gentiles. So in other words, Paul was taking Christianity from its roots in Judaism and to Jews, and he was taking it to a foreign nation where people spoke different languages, the culture was different. And before Christ came into any one of these cultures, they were all worshiping some form of an idol. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that if Paul did not evangelize the world, you and I would not be saved today? We probably would believe some stuff. But let's back up. Let's rewind the tape for a minute. You believed some stuff before you came to Christ. Correct? Your mama and daddy introduced you to stuff that you, some of you from Louisiana, you know what I'm talking about. Not just Louisiana. I'm just, <laughs> uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to get some calls. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but what we find is that our culture, if we, before salvation, and, and some of you are so blessed that you were raised in a Christian home. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a non-believing Hindu home. Amen. From Trinidad and Tobago, right? That's where I'm from. And so my family, what I saw coming up culturally was totally different. And I believed it. I, I was sold to it. I believed in charms. I believed in oars. I believed in all of that stuff. Amen. Burning incense, all that kind of stuff. But God saved me. Come on, somebody. And, and the object of my worship now, the, my, my lucky charm. <laughs> Amen. My, 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 the thing that brings me safety now is not a symbol. A lot of us wear the cross, but we think it's a symbol. That makes me safe. No. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have God inside of you. You are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. So you don't need that. You have the Word of God. Now why am I dealing with this? Because I see a generation that's being pulled away from the truth. When we interact with the world, there's a strong pull. And we can get caught up in the customs of the world. The world is a very superstitious place. When you walk into businesses, when you, when you go to banks, when you go to other places, you'll see it. It's all around. If you pay attention, these symbols are there. They're in logos. Amen. If you look at the Starbucks, lo Starbucks logo very carefully, you'll see something there. Amen. I went to a church not too long ago, and I was sitting there in church in the church, and they they have a they had a logo, and what I saw in the logo was the third eye. I promise, I promise you, they probably don't even know what it symbolizes. Now, people may say, "Well, we're covered in the blood," but what you promote is what you're about. Are you with me? Paul is now in Iconium. And he came to this place, and what he met was opposition. But he did not meet opposition from the enemy. He met opposition 
from other believers, from, from the Jews. Amen. Because the Jews were like, man, this guy is messing up my money. <laughs> Do you know how many billions of dollars is spent on crosses and all kinds of trinkets and, and rabbit foots and horseshoe and John the Conqueror root and all this other stuff? Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I went way back there, didn't I? Amen. Y'all don't even know what that is, do you? Attraction all, love all, get my boyfriend all, get my girlfriend all. They got all that stuff. They do love all. You put a spell on me. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Candles and all this other stuff. But here's the thing. Paul moves into a society just like that. And and the reason why I wanted to read all of this, because I wanted you to see that here he is. He moves into this region, but he came to preach the gospel. But there was a man in verse eight. Look at verse eight. It says, at Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his what? Mother's womb, who had never walked. Amen. This man was doing what? See, I I, got to ask a question. When you come to church, are you hearing or are you listening? Paul was preaching. Amen. And, And watch this, watch this. He was listening to Paul as he spoke. And when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had what? The faith to be made well. See, I understand that some of you that are listening, you don't have the faith just yet. But anytime you sit to receive the word, you have to receive it with by faith. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, He said to him with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, look at this. They raised their voice. Mm -hmm. They raised their voice. Saying in the Laconian language, the gods. The gods have become like men and have come down to who? To us. And they changed Paul and Barnabas' name in that moment. So the first thing I want to give you, if you want to break this cycle, I want to write this down, okay? Eliminate superstitious traditions and myths. Eliminate it. If, if, listen, if, if you're married or if you're about to get married or if you're single, I want you to take an inventory of what you've been taught and eliminate it. Let me tell you why. The reason why they did this is because the Roman poet Ovet had told of an ancient story of how the gods had came down and the people had ignored them and they weren't going to do it again. So because Paul healed, well, the man got healed by his faith, by his listening to the gospel, they equated that with their what? With their tradition. And a lot of times we invalidate what God can do in our lives 
because we're holding on to our traditions and our myths. Are you following me? I want to say to somebody here today, it's time for you to take an inventory of your life. It's time for you to look and ask yourself, are you living superstitiously on tradition? Amen. They believe that the houses, all of the houses where they were not hospitable to the gods when they came down, watch this, the ancient legend says that they were a recipient of bad luck. So they, they, they were not going to let this moment leave them again. How many times have you repeated things because you thought you had a bad dream? So you thought, you know, you were cursed. Or you thought something bad was going to happen today. Or you just didn't, you know, because you, you've been, you've trained yourself by that tradition and those myths to believe something that's not true. They, they changed their names. The text says they started to call Barnabas Zeus. Look at this. Listen, they grew up hearing this mythical uh, story. And, 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 and to make sure that you're not living a lie by believing the things that are simply not true. Always fact check it to make sure that you're not living simply by tradition and myths. Verse 14 and 15 says this. It says, hmm. It says, verse, I'm sorry, verse 13. It says, and when the priests of Zeus, whose temple, see, they even had a temple for Zeus. See that? So that tells me that they were into what? Idol worship. Now, the Zeusian temple uh, was mixed with a whole lot of sexual sacrifice. Found out that all these temples, <laughs> everything was about sex. And I think that that's the reason why people were so drawn to it. You know what I mean? Like, you had temple prostitutes, so that would be your sacrifice. You had to pay for one to get in, and then you had to pay for one when you're in there. You know, and, and their way of worship was having sex in the sanctuary. Amen. So, so you know, sex sells everywhere, you know, even back then. So, what I'm saying is you got to be careful of these things. But here's the other thing he says. He says that verse 14, verse 13, it says the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought an oxen. Look at this. They brought an oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowd. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their robes. Now, the average guy would have been like, yeah, for sure. Bring that on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me them sacrifices. Give me them oxen. Give me them prostitutes while you're at it too. Because just imagine if someone made you a God, turned you into a God, and that's what they were trying to do. And I see this happening in our culture today. In America, we have a whole lot of idols. So, so my second point is eliminate superstitious idols. Anything created by human. Anything you see created by human that you worship, you could worship yourself. You can worship your man. You can worship your woman. You can worship your children. You can worship your husband. Why? You know, and, and there's a whole lot of things that we idolize. Our house, our cars, money. But look what they did. The text says that, 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 that but look what Barnabas and Paul did. They rushed down. They tore their clothes. And look, verse 15. It says, and they were saying, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature. Listen. Why would you worship an idol 
when it was created by man and has no power. Think about it. If you're going to worship something, make sure it's bigger than you. Make sure it has more power than you. Amen. Now the Satan and his demons does have power. But remember, that power is used to deceive. To destroy. To kill. So you got to be, you got to eliminate those idols that you're carrying around. He says, we preach the gospel to you. That you should turn from what? Vain things to who? A living God. Anything that's made by humans is dead. I don't care how good it is. It may benefit your physical body, but not your eternal soul. Do I have anybody? We go on in the text. Idol worship is everywhere. And today we can make an idol of people and all kinds of things. Superstition starts with an object that somehow gives you evidence that you have been looking for for a long time. Don't just be evidence-based. you got to be faith-based. <laughs> listen, listen. Your idol may make you feel safe and secure, but in the end it's going to let you down. Money will leave you. Friends will leave you. Family will leave you. But God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. Are you with me? Eliminate, eliminate those superstitious traditions. Those idols. Eliminate those superstitious idols. But look at verse 16 for a minute. He says in verse 16, he says, In the generation, see it? In the, it could fall under tradition, but he says, In the generations gone by, He's talking about God now. Permitted all the nations to go their own ways. What he's saying is that God allowed, and this is at the Tower of Babel. Amen. You know what Babel means? Babel, Babel, Babel means language. Amen. At the Tower of Babel, the people of God got together. The Bible says they were making a name for themselves. So God confused the languages and scattered them all over the earth. And God says, watch this, God permitted them. He gave them permission to go their way. And look what is in, look where we are now. But watch this though. Watch this now. He says to go their own ways and yet did not leave himself without a what? A witness in that he did good. And gave you what? Rains from heaven. And what? And, and, and what? And fruitful seasons. Satisfying your heart with food and gladness. Know what he's saying? He's saying basically, here's the thing. When you look at your whole life, God says, you ought to give me some credit. Because, let me tell you something. Everything that happened to you didn't just happen to you. The good, the bad, or the ugly. Matter of fact, I fed you when you didn't know me. I clothed you when you didn't know me. I blessed you when you, when you didn't know me. And watch this. General revelation says that I do exist. And because God has been so good to you and I, then we ought to say, man, if I don't believe a God, there's got to be a God. So why am I so superstitious? So the next thing you got to do, and I believe that this is very important. You ready? Eliminate strong, superstitious beliefs. 
I believe that your belief system is what is in question today. Because if you don't believe that it was God that blessed you, if you feel like it's your your ability and it's because you're so cute and you know what I mean, because you, you're so smart, then it's not that. It's God saying, I blessed you. I made a way when there wasn't a way. Come on, somebody. I, 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 I protected you when you came home when you was halfway full and you you parked sideways in the parking lot. Yeah, I've been there before. And, and then you're wondering, how did you make it home? And then, and then, and then you went to the porcelain, uh, yeah, and, and you start making love to it. I'm sorry. You, you understand what I'm talking about. You start throwing up. <laughs> Amen. And you start hugging it. <laughs> and you embraced it because, because you had such a rough night. But yet God woke you up the next day. Some of you have been in situations in life. Where, where it was God and nobody but God that brought you out. And God says, it was me, but will you give me credit? Because guess what? It was the living God who was looking out for you. I thank God that when I used to drive past my house <laughs> and straight to the club every night, straight to the bar, shooting pool all night, getting drunk all night. Come on, somebody. God kept me in the midst of everything I was going through. It was God. But it was my belief system. My superstitious belief. If I drive this way, you know, I'm going to be fine. Amen. So many people believe in a higher power, but they don't believe in Jesus. Speak to me right quick. So many people say they believe in God, but not the God of the Bible. They have exchanged, according to Romans chapter 1, the truth for a lie. Amen. The only way to break the cycle is to break your beliefs. Can I, can I ask you a question? Who is the God of your imagination? When you imagine God, what do you imagine? The ability of the mind is amazing. The mind can be a very very creative and very destructive because you can start believing things that's not there you can say I see big mama and she's been dead a long time some of you been worshiping big mama come on now come on now big cousin big poo whoever he is you know what I mean we, we, we do this stuff we have certain rituals that we do that we have to get get it out of our belief system. Watch this though. Watch verse 18. Watch verse 18. It says, even saying these things with difficulties. What did they do? They restrained the crowd from what? So, so here's the next thing. You got to eliminate superstitious behavior. Y'all with me? What is it? Even with them pleading. Their behavior couldn't change because their belief hasn't changed. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. Until you eliminate the superstitious beliefs, your behavior won't change. Join me today in a behavior change, will you? Change your, change your, your behavior to an experience with God. 
How, how many have experienced him before? How many know he's real? Come on, so if you know he's real, why are you still reading your horoscope every morning? Why would you open the word every morning and say, God, what do you have to say to me today? Why are you still trying to dabble with tarot cards and, and all this other stuff and, and shifting and shafting and doing all this other stuff so that you could know your future? Your future's in God's hands. You don't need to tithe to be blessed if your heart is right. Are you with me? See, giving to the church is not about you getting back. It's about this. It's about the heart. And God says, listen. If you give me anything from your heart, that's what I'm looking for. Because your heart is what matters. See? So you got to get rid of those behaviors, those things. You know, you got to throw away some of those things. I'll never forget when we, my wife and I converted. You know, it was hard for, for us to throw away some things. Some of those pictures we had, of those, those gods we worshipped. Because we actually worshipped idols. It's hard for us to throw away them things. It's hard for us to eliminate certain behaviors we had. You follow what I'm saying? Because, because it was ingrained in us. And I'm saying to somebody here today, your superstition has caused you a lot of pain, but you don't know that. But your behavior says that you have some superstitions. Amen. Every Friday we fight. You know, I refuse. You know what I refuse to do? To fall for that okie doke trap. Okay, I said, if we have a disagreement on this day, okay, we had a disagreement. Well, every time you, every time you, every time you, no, no, it ain't every time. Let's look at it and see if it's a behavior that we both need to change. Huh? That's what it is. And we have the power from the word of God to show us how. Lastly, I got one more thing. One more thing. I got I got a few minutes. 19, verse 19. Just verse 19. This is the part that really get me. But tell you that, but the Jews. Them Jews. Came from what? Antioch to Iconium. And having what? One over the crowd. See, this crowd was so wishy-washy. See, see, we can be like this. Anything, the next thing can win you over. The next thing can pull you out of a sound Bible teaching church. And you can run for the next thing. Watch this. Having one over the crowd, they stone Paul. So tell you, never it's going to be easy. My last point. Expect opposition oh yeah when you give up I remember when we renounced Hinduism it wasn't just people who were mad my mother disowned me she said I don't ever want to talk to you again you're not my child but I thank God I had a father in heaven that when my father and my mother forsake me then the Lord picked me up Teach me that way, O oh Lord, and lead me in the right path. See, you're not going to have a whole lot of friends if you're living for God. You understand what I'm saying? But you better expect, because who's going to show up? Satan's going to show up. And don't be surprised if you get stuck.
stoned, if you get slandered, if you get pushed down, if you get pressure. But when you stand for what's right, the devil will come at you. But you got to remember, you got weapons too. <laughs> Don't think that you, listen, it's a fixed fight. And you have already won. It's a fixed fight. When we break the cycle, the devil will try and listen. He going to try and he going to keep trying. He going to keep trying. You got to be careful. You got to be strong. Listen to this. All of us have AM and FM radios, right? I don't know if we use them anymore. We stream everything now. But an AM, FM radio has two frequencies. two frequencies. There is... No such thing as an AM, FM-ish channel or FM, FM, AM-ish channel. The frequency are two separate but distinct channels. When riding in the car, you can only listen to one or the other. You can't have both at the same time. Even though both are there, Amen. You can't listen to both at the same time. We come to church for the heavenly broadcast network. But we leave church for the flesh broadcast network. Flipping frequencies like this is called double-mindedness. And if you're going to eliminate... <laughs> Superstitious thinking. When you leave here today, you got to stay on the heavenly network broadcast. Because you can't have both at the same time. You can't want God one week and the flesh the next week. Now, you have the flesh with you, but Paul says one thing. He says, this flesh has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Satan has been defeated. And you have the power to break the cycle of superstitious things.